back to the 23rd Psalm. You'll find your place there. Uh, We're uh, going to deal tonight with verse number two. I wanted to show you a little something. Me and Neil was talking uh, this week about that word Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And there was some question about that from some of you about whether or not it was capitalized in your Bible. Is everybody open to Psalm 23? Now, it may be a smaller font. That's what gets people because the L sometimes is a big font and the O-R-D is a little font. But if you'll look close, what you'll see is that they're all capital letters, O-R-D and the capital letters, even if the font is smaller. Now, I'm going to show you something really interesting. Me and Neil got told about that. Uh, it caused me to look a little bit, and I saw something real interesting uh, where you can see how the King James translators used capitalizations. Let's look over in Genesis. We're going to, we're going to go back to Psalm 23 here in a minute, uh, but let's look over in Genesis chapter number 18. I want to show you this because uh, it's beautiful, really, what the, uh, what the translators do. And uh, these kind of little things, if you learn about your Bible... Uh, help you in your study. Leviticus chapter number, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter number 18 and verse 1. Are you there? All right. And the Bible said, and the Lord, see that word? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Now what the King James translators did was anytime the word that they were translating was Jehovah which was the strongest, most uh, descriptive word possible for God, they would write it, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, like they did there in verse 1. Now, come on down and I'll show you. Look at verse number 3. And said, verse 3, and said, this is Abraham addressing God, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight. Now look at that Lord. It's capital L, but it's a little O, little R, little D. All right, let me tell you the difference between those two. When Jehovah is used in the Hebrew, that's kind of like saying, all right, if you're going to use my name, you say, there's the preacher Bradley Yorick Boone. That is a total description of my name. That is as descriptive as possible as you can be in naming me. Now here, when Abraham referenced the Lord, he didn't use Jehovah. He used one of the other names for God, and there's a few in the Hebrew. But it's kind of like looking at me and saying, there's Bradley. It's still my name, but it doesn't carry all the descriptive. It doesn't carry the force that looking at me and saying, there is the preacher, Bradley Urit Boone. That's like the name Jehovah. Now let me show you one more time. Look at verse 12. Show you one more time. In this one chapter, the word Lord is used three times here. Look. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I'm waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Now there, Sarah is addressing Abraham. She's calling Abraham Lord. 
Uh, and that word Lord that's translated there, it means controller or ruler of the house. And so she's, but look how it's spelled. Little L, little O, little R, little D. So there in one chapter, you see the word Lord and the capitalization used in three different ways. And it shows the different names that are being translated from. Now that's not the only time that the King James translators use capitalizations. There's other times. Uh, For instance, when the King James translators used the word spirit, if they were talking, if they were certain that it was talking about God's Holy Spirit, they always capitalized the S. But if they believed it to be the spirit of man, like my spirit or your spirit, little s. And just little things like that that makes your King James Bible real, real beautiful. It's, it's perfect. Everything about it's perfect. And uh, so let's look at verse 2. Well, let's we'll read the whole psalm. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Father, I ask, Lord, this evening in Jesus' name, God, that you'd help us, Lord, as we stand to proclaim the word of God tonight. I pray, Lord, that everything that we'd say would be in accordance to your will. Lord, that you'd not allow us to say anything that'd be out of the way or that'd be hurtful. But God, that everything I'd say, Lord, would bring honor and glory unto you. Do that as only you can tonight. We'll thank you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The second verse of the 23rd Psalm says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, last week, I preached a little bit on the person of the shepherd, the Christ in the psalm. And I'm glad, thank God, uh, for the person of the shepherd. How many of you are glad uh, for the great shepherd? Hallelujah. Tonight, I want us to look here in the second verse, and I want to think for a few moments this evening on the personality of sheep. Uh, We've looked at the shepherd, but now a shepherd's not a shepherd without a flock. And, uh, and I began studying a little bit this week. And as a matter of fact, I've talked with some folks that own sheep and sent messages back and forth with some different shepherds and read some books on shepherding this week. And I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about you and I, uh, about how that uh, we are sheep of his pasture. Now, let me say this first. I'm glad, thank God, that we don't have a hireling for a shepherd. The hireling cares not for the sheep. But we tonight have a shepherd that is personally invested in the flock. And there's some instructive things that we can learn 
about what it is to be a sheep and the personality of the sheep. I'm glad, thank God, that the shepherd leads the sheep. The shepherd knows where to take the sheep. And thank God he knows the nature of the sheep. Amen. So I'm to try to share just a few things about the instincts of a sheep tonight. We'll tie it back in here to verse number two. And there's some other places in Scripture that will help. They want to rest and they come together to rest. Can I say tonight that I didn't come to church on Wednesday night to fight, argue, fuss, or quarrel? I came to get a relief from all of that. Amen. I came to get together with brothers and sisters in Christ and smile and love one another. And uh, boy, I tell you, that's what I want. And so there's a come together. But then they come together for safety. Did you know a sheep has no sense of direction? They tell me if a sheep gets out in the wilderness and it gets out of sight of the rest of the flock, out of sight of the shepherd, it can't find its way back. Don't have any idea uh, where it's, uh, how to get back. And so there's safety with being around the flock of God. There's safety in that. As a matter of fact, I have read where sheep, when a sheep is injured, that the rest of the flock will gather around it and bleat for the shepherd, bleat for the shepherd to come. And so there's safety when you're in that flock. You know what the devil, I believe, has done during COVID? He has so scared people, preachers, and everybody else that we've uh, quit going to church and quit fellowship. And I'm telling you, it's hurt people. Uh, if time lasts, it'll be untelling the hurt that has been caused in families and homes and uh, different things because folks kicked out of church. There's a reason that the Bible said in Hebrews 10, forsake not, it ought to be a draw for us sheep. I, I don't want to be drawn to the light and to the truth that it represents. I, I'm going to tell you tonight, uh, uh, we can become weary. Uh, in the, you, if you watch the news, it's, it'll weary you. Uh, we become weary of violence and weary of hypocrisy and weary of the constant turmoil of the world. Uh, but can I say, thank God, I'm glad there is a light. Uh, I'm glad I know the light. Uh, I'm glad I'm a children. I'm glad we're children of light. Uh, I'm not of the dark. Uh, hey, hey, I'm of the light. Sheep love light places, thank God. The light draws us. But then we see in these verses that the light will disclose others. Have you ever wondered why an atheist hates God when he says that he don't even exist? Have you ever wondered why it bothers them for somebody else to read a book they don't even own? Or why it bothers them for someone else to be praying a prayer that they'll never pray. Why wouldn't they just be willing to leave well enough alone? You know, and I don't mean to harp on the issue with the cross, but I heard where the county got a letter from the Association of Freedom from Religion Foundation or some such thing telling them, you know, you got to turn that cross off. And the atheists, you know, it's, it's a strange thing how they fight something that they claim does not exist. Let me tell you why they do that. The Bible tells us right here in verse 20 of John 3, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. You know why that, you know why atheists hate God and hate the word of God? Because it shines the light on who they are. And when they see it, they don't like what they see. 
But instead of owning up to it and saying it's their fault and getting right with God instead, they become angry at the light that has exposed them for who they are. That's why they don't like it. The light shines on them and they can't stand it. It discloses, it separates the sheep from the goats. Amen. Let me say this, light will develop our relationship. I'm just preaching along here, just hang with me. The Bible said in 1 John 1, 5, this then is the message which we've heard of him declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You know how sheep can get in the light? Get around the shepherd. Amen. Now watch what else John said. He goes on to say, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And so what John said, he said a sheep can't have fellowship with a shepherd and live in a dark place. Uh, Sheep are children of light. They're creatures of light. Uh, The shepherd's in the light. He is the light. And so if we're going to walk with him, we have to walk in the light. Watch this. The Bible says there in 1 John 2, he that is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in light and there's none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. You see, if I'm in the light and you're in the light and the Lord is the light, then all of a sudden we're together, thank God, and we've got fellowship one with another. And what did I tell you in the first point? Sheep want a fellowship. Amen. Sheep want to see how it goes together. Oh, he leads the flock down into the pasture. I'm not away from my text. Down in the green pastures. Now, I never have seen a green pasture out in the middle of the woods. What I'm saying is it's an open area. It's a place where the light shines. Amen. That's where the shepherd's leading us tonight. He's not leading us down in the dark collars. Thank God that he's leading us out into the uh, open pastures, the green pastures. Thank God where the lights are shining. I say hallelujah. I'm glad to be a sheep of the light. Hallelujah. Now watch this. If you'll love light, you'll love the brethren. I want to say this once more. We need one another. I just got that on my mind. We need one another. I was reading today about some Chinese Christians. Do you know how they make it? I mean, they have no church. Their church buildings are gone. Their preachers are in jail. You know how they make it? Well, uh, they can't have no large groups, so small groups. Maybe a group of eight or ten. They'll meet in secret at night. Maybe underneath a bridge out in the country somewhere wandering in for two or three hours so not to draw suspicion. They'll gather together, Miss Karen, under a little bridge out in the country. And as they come together in a little group, they'll whisper a hymn. Tears rolling down their little faces. Then one of them will take a bamboo rod out of his pocket. And rolled up inside of that bamboo rod will be a verse and a page of scripture and they'll unroll that page and they'll repeat the scripture that's on that again and again and again trying to commit it to memory because they don't have any Bibles at their, at their homes. And I'm telling you, that's the way they're living right now. But they're willing to face 
uh, death or imprisonment in order to come together. You know why? Because they need one another. Hey, why would you think America would be above ever getting to that point? And if we ever get to that point of persecution, I'm telling you, the only people we're going to be able to lean on is one another. So it's more important right now than ever that I get in the light and that you be in the light and that we have fellowship one with another because as hard times come, we're going to need to come together. And it is awfully important. Watch this. There's an instinct to follow. Not only is there an instinct for light and an instinct to flock together, but sheep have an instinct to follow. I asked Logan today, I was talking with him and I said, uh, I gave him my points for tonight and I said, have I got all this down? He said, yeah, boy, especially that following instinct. He said, my sheep love to hear my voice. And, uh, you know, I was reading one place where a shepherd said, he would have friends over and they'd walk out on his back deck where he could overlook the pasture land and said he'd say, yep. and all them sheep would put their head up, look around, said he wouldn't say anything else. Sheep put their head back down. He'd tell his friend, he'd say, now you do it. Said in his best, try to, try to imitate his very best. He'd go, yep. Them sheep wouldn't even raise their head off the ground. They knew the voice of the shepherd. And said, then that shepherd would go, hup, hup. said, them sheep heads would come up. Here they'd come running to the, running to the fence. Because they knew something. The shepherd was beckoning unto them, calling unto them. And sheep have a natural instinct to follow. Now, you know why that's important? Can I say this to you tonight? And don't let me offend you right here, but sheep are dumb. Am I telling it right? Have you ever seen a sheep at the circus? Huh? I got to think about that today. I never did go to the circus and go, boy, I can't wait till the sheep come out. There ain't no telling what they've trained them sheep to do. You know why they're not in the circus? Because they're done. I always thought a hog was the stupidest thing on the planet, but I've been to the Mountain State Fair and seen where they've trained them things to run a race. You ever been there and seen that? Them hogs race that race. So even a hog can be trained to race the race. But a sheep, you can't, try, you can't teach a sheep to do nothing. So a sheep, because it's dumb, has to have a leader. It's got to have a shepherd. So the good thing tonight, boy, this gives me goosebumps all over. The good thing is when I can't depend on my own wisdom, I can get in behind the shepherd and I can depend on him knowing best. Amen. I can depend on his wisdom. He knows tomorrow. He knows what he's doing. So if I can find my place in behind, thank God the good shepherd, he'll lead me to the still waters. He'll lead me to the good pastures and I can depend on his wisdom. Sheep aren't very smart. As a matter of fact, a sheep, a sheep is safe only when following the shepherd. That's the only way he's safe. But did you know I was reading and they say sheep by and large, not all, but by and large are affectionate animals. They love the shepherd and they love to be loved on by the shepherd. I'm going to quote this out of a book. I, I wrote it down today. I thought it was great. 
It said, knowing how much a sheep needs daily affection, the shepherd will often stop during the day's journey just to spend time with his sheep, rubbing them on the head, scratching them under the, under the chin. And boy, the sheep love the shepherd and the shepherd loves the sheep. Well, I'm glad tonight that there's sometimes along life's way I get weary and wore out. And just when I feel like laying down and quitting, thank God the good shepherd will come by, give me a rub, scratch me under my chin, tell me I, hey, how good of a sheep I am. And how, oh boy, they ain't no, there's nothing like spending that kind of time, thank God, with the shepherd. Now watch this. Sheep are meek and peaceable. Listen to what the Bible said in Ephesians 4. The Bible said, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know how the you know how a sheep's most happy? A sheep is most happy in life when he's just peacefully following along behind the shepherd. You know, I've found in life, a lot of times we think we've got to make so much money or we've got to have such a nice job or we've got to have this kind of house. But you know what I've found in life really makes me happy, Brother Marvin, is where I can find the paths that the shepherd has been walking in. I'm about to run and shout and just get and just peacefully just follow along behind the shepherd. You know, there's no grand trick to living the Christian life. The, the Christian life is just simply finding the shepherd and just peacefully following along like little sheep. Thank God behind the shepherd. That's the kind of life that I want to lead tonight. Just a peaceable life where I can find the paths he's walked in and follow after him. I say glory to God. I got to hurry along. There's this instinct to follow. But you know, occasionally there'll be a rebellious sheep. The kind of sheep that doesn't want to follow the shepherd. The kind of sheep that when he's turned out into the pasture, he'll immediately walk the fence line looking for a place, a weakness in the fence where he can escape. Constantly getting out, constantly getting hurt. I studied on that today, Brother Neil, and they say the only option in dealing with a sheep like that is to put it in the pen. In other words, you put it in such a place that it has no choice but to depend on the shepherd for everything. You know, there's been times where I have tested and I've pushed the fence and tried to jump out of the fence and walk the fence and the shepherd will have to take me aside. And put me in such a position to where I can't do anything but depend on him. I can't lean, I can't lean on anything but him. Oh, listen to me, little sheep. Don't, don't push away. You see, the shepherd's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. You know what the shepherd's trying to do? He's trying to keep you from hurting yourself. Hey, Listen. He wants to protect that young lady from that abusive relationship, that young man from being hooked on drugs, that mom and dad from being destroyed by filth and niceness. And so sometimes he has to pull us back in and put us in a place where we can't do anything but depend on him. I read a story today. A shepherd related a story about a sheep that he called Houdini. 
Oh, who Danny, every week found a way to get out of the get out of the pasture. But you know, who Danny eventually had a little lamb herself. And he said that first spring when he turned Houdini out into the pasture, had a little lamb behind it, following every step Mama made. And said Mama immediately went to the edges of the fence line, pushing on the fence, pushing on the fence. You know what that little lamb learned to do? That little lamb pushed on the fence, pushed on the fence. Before you know it, some of the other little lambs that didn't even belong to Houdini was following behind pushing on the fence, pushing on the fence. And then he said it wasn't but just a few days. He got up one morning and looked across the pasture and his heart dropped. He ran out to the fence and there laid one of those little lambs on the outside of the fence, had been killed by a dog because it had followed mom. And she'd pushed on the fence and pushed on the fence and finally the little lamb paid the price. You know what that shepherd said? He said, what I did with the lamb was the only thing that could be done with it. He said, I had to take her to the slaughterhouse. She was endangering the rest of the flock by continually living on the edge and pushing on the fence. He said, I had to take her to the slaughterhouse. It was for the safety of the rest. I had to have her put down. I wonder how many fence-pushing sheep over the years that the Lord's had to put in the graveyard. Because other little lambs were following them. There is a sin unto death. You know the Bible said that he'll destroy the flesh to save the soul. Oh my. I wonder how many have ended up in the graveyard. They pushed on the fence. Pushed on the fence. Rebellious. Rebellious. Let me give you one more thing. There's an instinct to follow. But then there's an instinct for pasture. I got to reading this today and I can see it in my mind's eye. The shepherd talking about when he drops what they call the gap, drop the gap to allow the sheep into a new pasture. <laughs> he said the sheep are so happy they'll kick their legs plumb up over their head. Just, they're just pure joy running into a new pasture with fresh grass. It's just a flood of pure joy. They can't hardly stand it. <laughs> oh, the Lord said he... Leads me to the green pastures. You know, there's a desire for new pastures. I'm going to say this to you tonight. The church, the flock, should be continually seeking new ways to work, new ways to minister, new areas to uh, serve the Lord in, green pastures that the Lord's going to lead us into. Our eyes should always be on the horizon. I'm going to tell you a problem with churches in this day. People are apathetic. They've, they've chewed the same grass until it's nothing but a bunch of mud and dirt. And they're never looking for anything else. And you know why our churches are drying up and dying and why there's no young people there and there's no excitement there? Because the Bible said where there's no vision, the people perish. The shepherd wants to lead us into new pastures and green pastures and for us to keep moving forward and finding new ways to serve the Lord and finding new ministries to minister unto people. But we get content and we want to just hang around in the same old pasture. Boy, when the Lord drops a gap and we see the green grass as a flock, we ought to go, Whee! Here we go. Now notice, if you will, the difference 
That, that shepherd said that he, when he'd lower the gap, here, here come the young sheep. Said, buddy, they'd be running as fast as their little legs would take them. And they'd fly out into the pasture and be jumping and running around. He said he'd look. Going into the green pastures, here come some of the older sheep. Just plodding along. So them older sheep would walk through the gap and the first big, gra- first big clump of green grass, they'd go to eat. So them other sheep, they're running and jumping and knocking into the older sheep. And, but them older sheep, they're just plodding along. Now I want to say two things about that. Number one to you older sheep, don't get so hurt at these younger sheep that are full of energy. Use that way one time. <laughs> There's a time when the shepherd would let the gate down and you'd kick your, heel, your, head, your, your heels plumb up over your head and run, do all kinds of crazy things. Don't be so hard on them. They just enjoy new grass. But I'm going to say to you younger sheep, don't think that these older sheep don't know what's going on just because they plod through the fence real easy and stick their head down and go to eating on. Hey, one of these days you'll be there. One of these days, you'll be where you don't feel like kicking up your heels, but you're just glad that you saw another pasture. Amen. <laughs> you say, well, what's the matter them old sheep? How come they ain't excited? Why ain't they kicking up their heels up over their head? Just let them get in there and eat a little bit. Amen. But new, here's what I'm trying to say. New pastures, green pastures, it's for all the sheep. The old, the young, the middle-aged. All of us ought to want to always be going into a new pasture. Now let's go back to our text. He leads me, or he maketh me, he maketh me to lie down. You know what sheep are made for? Lie down. Lie down. Lie down. Sheep wear out. They have to lie down, they have to rest. Goes back to that flocking coming together. But then look what he said. The Bible said there in verse number two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, in the sunlight, in the sunlight. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Doesn't that sound like a peaceful life? You say, I want life in the fast lane. Well, you wouldn't like being a sheep much. Sheep's not much life in the fast lane. Sheep are made to lay down, and they're made to be led by the still waters. Here's what I want to say to you tonight, church, and we're going to deal with this 23rd Psalm for weeks. We looked at the shepherd, and now we've looked at us. As sheep, our number one goal is to get in behind the shepherd. Let me tell you a good way you'll know that. Are you in the light? Are you loving your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you eating food that's sheep food out of the shepherd's hand? Are you being introduced always to green pastures and new pastures? That's the life of the sheep. You know what I want to be? I just want to be in his, I just want to be led by it. I just want to be led by it. Through life, everybody in here, most of you know me. You know how I am. I am, I mean, you look up type A personality in the blame dictionary and there's my picture. I like to move and shake. Let's go. Let's do something. Let's get it. 
let's climb a ladder, let's do whatever. I'm telling you, I was studying on it today, and the Lord just brought, I had to ride out the weevil in my old truck, and the Lord just brought it to my mind. And that old truck of mine, you know, I, I put that big old motor in it, and it's real fast from zero to 60, but it's only got three gears. So at about 65, it's going, and you can actually watch the guy's hand go. So I'm doing like I always do in my white truck. I'm trying to pass everything on the road. If anything gets in my way, I'm getting up on its bumper till it moves over. It ought to be again aloft. People run over in that left-hand lane slow. Somebody say, hey, man. I'm in it. Here we go. I'm on my way out to Weaverville today, and I thought, I'm going to have to slow down. This is costing me a fortune. I can, you know, that gas hand's going. That, that truck's going. Rrr! So I slowed down to about. 60 miles an hour and got over in the right-hand lane because that's where you'd belong when you're doing 60 miles an hour in the right-hand lane. And I rode along behind a little old truck. And the Lord said, now, this ain't so bad, is it? <laughs> over here in the slow lane, that isn't so bad. Just take a little time. Think about me. Take a little time right here and pray. Slow down a little bit. See? It's the life of sheep. Find the Lord, follow after him. When he says, lay down, lay down. He says, get up, get up. Whatever he says, do it. That's the life of a sheep. That's the life I want to live. I want to be at peace with the shepherd, peace with my other sheep. When the shepherd comes out with an apple bag and starts to drop an apple, I want to be sitting right at his feet so I can eat the apple. I'll give you one more thing about following Sheep will follow the shepherd, but you know what else sheep will follow? Other sheep. Two things the sheep love to hear. That's the voice of the shepherd and the sound of the other sheep. I was reading one place today, Brother Gary, and he said when he lets down the gate, sometimes what he'd do is take a stick and lay it down, and the first two or three sheep would jump over it, pretty good-sized stick. And then he would take and drag that stick away, but he said, all the rest of the sheep will still jump. No stick. But they've watched the other sheep jump. So they jump. I'm just simply saying, you've got to be careful how you live your life. Boy, I've got so much I could preach on this. These other people will follow you. You jump, they'll jump. Huh? Well, we've got a great shepherd, don't we? We're going to see he's got us in the green pastures. We got some table land coming up. We're going to see how he roots out the enemy. We're going to see how he takes care of us. We'll just be here as long as the Lord wants us to in the 23rd Psalm learning about sheep food. Amen. All right, let's stand our feet, Father. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for being a great shepherd. Thank